today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Thomas Millick, uh, goalie of the year in the CHL, as well as going over the good and bad uh, of goalies in the second round. I'm Coach Michael, and I'm here with Cody Creasy. Uh, some might like to call him coach. Some might like to call him goalie. Who knows? But Cody, how are we today? Uh, we're doing pretty good. It's been an interesting week for hockey. Um, playoffs have been pretty crazy, ups and downs. There's been a lot of uh, controversy, but it's going pretty well. I think it's pretty cool how uh, like all the teams that are left, like the four teams, South Carolina, or Carolina Hurricanes, Florida Panthers, Vegas Golden Knights, I don't think is a very big surprise. And then um, Dallas Stars. Also, I don't think it's a big surprise. They've been on the bubble for a long time, right? Um, anyways, okay, let's get on to Thomas Millick and the goalie of the year in the CHL. So a little note, he actually didn't win CHL goalie of the year. He won the WHL goalie of the year. Okay. Either way, that's still a big accomplishment for him. He is someone who his name really wasn't out there. He's been on a good team. He's been a really dominant goalie. But in the last few years, you don't really hear his name as much. And I think this World Juniors this year really set his name out there for scouts and even just people watching to – um, I've been I've watched him play a few times and I think going to that world juniors for him really created his name in the atmosphere of fans like I was at the game the other night and in Winnipeg and everyone sitting behind him knew who he was everyone knew okay he's the guy from world juniors and it, it brings a little bit of attention to yourself too with how incredible of a season he's had this year I would agree with that uh, first question, who did win the CHL goalie of the year this year? Um, I was actually searching that. I don't think that they have announced a CHL goalie of the year. Yeah. Maybe they wait till after playoffs. Yeah. Um, I feel like Milich has always been an underdog, which is crazy because he's played U18. He's played U17. He's played WHL for like what? Three years now. Yeah. And he's been dominant. Right. Yep. Maybe because it's a U.S. market team. That's why, like, originally there wasn't much exposure. Mm -hmm. I think what's also a pay attention to with him is that he's not like flashy. No, not at all. Right. He's steady Eddie. He's consistent and he makes big saves and big moments. And we saw that in the World Juniors. I hated the World Juniors when uh, the announcers were saying that. Canada has goalie problems, right? I don't think we got a goalie problem at all. They just no. need to find their own rhythm. Yeah. Right? Millick goes in. I think he, he went in either in the first game or started the second game. Can't quite remember. But just stood tall and was steady Eddie, and he made two or three big saves the whole tournament. This year, he's made big saves every game. He's on a great team. They've always been a strong team. His backup goalie is a future world junior goalie, right? So yep. for Seattle themselves, again, I don't think it matters who they have in net, but Thomas Millick will give them the edge of that winning-like mentality. 
Yep. And he's always been a, a winning goalie too. I'm just searching him up here and he's, he won top goaltender in the CSSHL in his U15 year, won top goaltender in his U18 year, best save percentage in his U18 year, um, gold medal at the World Juniors, at the U18, was the uh, second all-star team uh, last season. And now this year, he's got a gold medal in the World Juniors, a first all-star team, best goals against average and best save percentage. He's always been that guy on that team in that league. Yeah. Like I see here that you put down some stats. Are they from this year? The 2.08 goals against average? Is that yeah, from that's this the season? Seasons. That's his so, record season. So this year he has 2.08 goals against average and a 92.8 save percentage with 27 wins. That's very good numbers in the WHL, yeah. right? And he's undrafted, right? He's gone through one or two draft years, I yeah, think. He's gone through two draft years now and hasn't been drafted. I think this is the year for him. Yeah. Right? I don't think it's going to be crazy high. I could see mid-fourth round, fifth round, right? If we want to kind of be nice. But what kind of team is looking for a goalie like Millich? Yeah. Right? Um, like, like he's not going to be ready for the NHL, I think, for another four years. If I'm, if maybe yeah, on the. He has a few steps to take, but. On the fast you, side. You know that he's, he's going to be taking those steps. He's, he's, he's there. Like he's, one, he's the top goalie in the league. He just has to take a few more steps to develop himself to be the guy that's the next step up to the NHL. Yeah, I think more importantly for him, it's not pushing it, and it's making sure this consistent play that he has is going to be able to scale up into the AHL and then the NHL. Yeah, yeah. right, and, and not lose that, that edge. Yeah, speaking with that, like the last winners of this uh, of this uh, goalie of the year, you got Dylan Grand playing in the AHL, Dustin Wolf playing in the AHL, played in the NHL, Ian Scott. Were you saying that he's he played AHL? He is in the East Coast, East Coast kit, and then you got Carter Hart up there, NHL goalie, and that's since 2015. So, your yeah. list of WHL goalie of the year goalies are. AHL, NHL caliber goalies. He's in that list of some pretty amazing goalies. You got Darcy Kemper on there, Carter Hart's on there, uh, Cam Ward's on there, Carey Price is on there. Like that's a that's a really good list for him to be in with. Yeah, I think what's awesome to see his names on the list: Dustin Wolf twice, Dylan Grand once, uh, Carter Hart three times in a row. Like these are all the young upcoming goalies, right? Dustin Wolf, I th I think should be in the NHL, and that's going to be a conversation for, uh, in later episodes. Thomas Millick, I think will be AHL East Coast if he if he if he gets drafted, I think he'll be in AHL with an older goalie. Yeah, right. Kind of like what Dylan Grand was this year in Hartford. Hartford. Right. They had Louis Domingue being the goalie. 
and Dylan Grand gets to feed off him, watch him, started a lot of games, but had that confident um, goalie partner to help him out with the day-to-day. Yeah. Right? Dustin Wolf should be at NHL, like I said. Played uh, two seasons in the AHL. I'm pretty sure he had the best numbers two years in a row, if not top five. And uh, Milik kind I don't want to say plays like him, but he's a shorter goalie like Dustin Wolf, like Dylan Grant. Yeah. Right? They have a different type of edge. Yep. Is Dustin was... Wolf American? Yeah. I think so, sure. yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. The other interesting thing, too, the uh, two goalies in the WHL finals are both under six foot. How tall is Hoser? Hoser, I think they have him listed as 5'11. So and he's probably I like think Millich might be six foot now, but like, like they're not big goalies starting the WHL finals. Well, and the uh, Winnipeg Ice, their other goalie, I want to say he's like six five or something. Like he's a he's a big guy next to Hauser. He's he makes him look small. So what do you think of that being a six four goalie? I think like watching games like that, it's really interesting to see how smaller goalies like they're quick in the net but how they rebound after making a save like watching uh hauser for example when he makes a save laterally he gets back into position so much quicker than what a bigger goalie would do and watching a guy like hauser versus um even a guy like vasilevsky hauser makes vasilevsky look like look slow he's so quick in the net he moves around so well and he's just so fluent with it Vasilevsky is so much bigger that he just takes that one step and gets there but Hauser and these smaller goalies they look like they're moving so much quicker why do you think the more average size right 5'11 5'10 6 foot maybe 6'1 goalies dominate more in the WHL than the 6'5 guys well the number one thing there is probably the accuracy of shots. You get a guy like Nathan McKinnon or Crosby or um, um, McDavid, they're going to shoot and go bar down. But these guys in the WHL, these guys are going to be more gritty type goals. And I think that's where these smaller goalies come into play. They can play those gritty areas way better than a bigger goalie. Bigger goalies take up more space, but these smaller guys, these guys can get across faster. These guys can cover the lower part of the net way better and quicker and they they just move around so much better um in those like short game places do you think the whl is more run and gun type hockey compared to the nhl like is it gonna be really more like gritty type stuff or no more flash more speed off the rush more Top I think, two lines, they're not going to wear down players or wear down teams. Yeah. I think the NHL, I think the WHL has that flash. I think the NHL's level of flash is going to be way higher because the guys, every person in the NHL is like more skilled. In, yeah, it's more skilled. So, like, their flash, like, 
you can't compare McDavid to um, to guys in the WHL other than Bedard, but that's a different exception. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I, I I hear what you're saying, right? So you're saying the level of flash, like the the bar, is set higher in the NHL, but I think the NHL plays more of a team game instead of an individual game, right? Yeah. That's why the Oilers kind of stink in playoffs because they're relying on two players. That's why Toronto is never going to make it out of the second round because they're relying on two to four players that just can't get it done. Yeah. I right? also think it's the division too. Like the U.S. division teams, they seem to be a little bit more gritty than these, um, these like the BC, the teams or like the BC teams, like those BC teams and all those guys, they seem a little bit more flashy. Um, but like even watching this series, the uh, ice versus the Thunderbirds, like it, it's a gritty series. And I think that's how it has to be coming into the finals. But I think in the regular season, it's a little bit more flashy trying to get an, your name out there. That's going to be the difference of the WHL, the NHL, the NHL, your name's out there. The WHL, you're trying to get your name out there. You're trying not to make those highlight reel goals, but you're trying to, you're trying to, show the scouts that you're on that ice, like on the ice and you're showing the scouts that you have the capability to play in the NHL. Yeah. I think the air quotes, smaller goalies dominate junior hockey more because their body function happens more naturally quicker than a six, four, six, five goalie. Yeah. And their fast twitch muscles are a little bit more developed uh, not to go too sciencey on it. But after you hit 20, the taller goalies kind of catch up because around that time for males, um, it starts leveling out with fast twitch, slow twitch, power strength, right? Mm -hmm. The advantages that you had when you're 13 to 18 start to kind of plateau and morph into one, right? So not knowing Thomas Millick at all, Maybe he was six, he's six foot right now. Maybe he was six foot when he was 15, right? Which at a 15 year old, that's crazy tall. Yeah. Right now, at least he's leveled out or he's just steady Eddie grown. Maybe he's got a few more inches in him, but he's plateauing. There's not a um, relearning of, oh, I got new pads, new size, got to relearn everything. Yeah. Right. That's what I think. Yeah. That's right. Good edge work, especially this day and age. The younger goalies know their disadvantages. So all of their strengths, right? Millick, Grand, Wolf. Carter Hart's kind of short, isn't he? Six one, six. Yeah, he's not huge. But so Carter Hart, uh, Soros, probably Hoser. Their edge work is phenomenal. It's crazy, yeah. Right? If they can get that at a young age they're going to pass the taller goalies quicker and stay on top of them. Well, I think that's the reason why these smaller goalies are coming up in the WHL because now we're working on this edge work. Like even for me, I didn't start working on edge work until I was probably peewee. And now you get these younger guys that you're seeing and it's like, okay, they're, they're just starting hockey. And that's the first thing you start doing is learning your T pushes and learning all that stuff. And it's, it's more, you're more engaged on learning that edge work and learning all that stuff where older goalies 
they didn't start like realizing that until they were already in that level. Like, in yeah, we were level. kind of taught just to use our size. Yeah. Well, like we had to be good skaters, but on a, in a five day goalie camp, we might actually focus on edges for like one session, one day. Yeah. And I think part of that too, is like when, um, when we learn like, uh, like older goalies, when they learned to do, uh, they didn't learn edge work. They learned skating, which skating meant T pushes, shuffles, slides, where now it's not just T pushes. It's okay. C cut back and get into your treat, like in back into your net, or it's yeah. use your outside edge and push backwards with it, stuff like yeah. that, trying to get back into position. And I think like going back to what I was saying is those smaller goalies getting back into position quicker. That's the edge work that is the the speed difference of smaller to bigger goalies because they catch that edge that split second quicker and get back in to save for that rebound yeah i agree with that i can speak from experience being a shorter guy uh i was always worried about size so if i can't be the tallest goalie i want to be the thickest goalie yep so I was worried about putting on muscle, getting power, getting strength to match the taller guys, right? Instead of understanding what my strength would be, right? Speed and agility yeah, and fine tuning it more where it's just domination, right? Yeah. What actually happened is I got just way too powerful where I had to kind of unstrengthen myself. Like I had to take time away from doing legs. It was crazy. Well, uh, I can even feel that now, like goalies working out, like goalies don't work out to um, look strong anymore. You don't, you're not working out to look huge. Your, your job is to be flexible, powerful, but lanky. Like you don't see like, not, I'm not saying lanky, like you're just, skin and bone but you got a few a bit of muscle on you you but you're not you're not yeah, working like a it, player anymore you're not trying to bench 300 pounds dead bench or whatever it is or squat huge amounts you're just trying to do it in a powerful form so i work lean out muscle right it's, yeah, lean, it's muscle. lean muscle like i work out now and it's like i'm not doing anything over 10 reps i'm doing five five reps of power or even when you're doing your bench press you're not benching as heavy as you can you're doing it for power you're doing five reps you're trying to do it as quick as you can you're building muscle for sure but you're trying to build that um that speed in your body yeah i think a lot of kids especially 15 to 18 should worry about putting on muscle and should worry about putting on mass yeah because it's an it's a layer of protection right? I had crazy knee problems. I got blown up in practice once. But what happened was that my quad and hamstring together saved me from getting a total knee replacement. Yeah. And that's only because I was 195 pounds at the age of 17. Right? Really 16, to be honest with you. But the injury happened when I was 17. Yeah. Right? If I was 160, I don't know if I would walk off the ice. Yeah. But that's right. the thing too. It's like you get these goalies in the NHL and you they're like they're six, what they're six, four, six, five, and you see them, they're they're 215, 220, 225. 
you're not seeing those goalies who are um like 250 or whatever like those are you don't see those big goalies like uh but yeah. Ross, for example there was a thing about him he loses 15 20 pounds per game he's a pretty like off the That's, ice he's a pretty small guy yeah and i do believe that and i remember watching this might age me horribly here but there used to be a thing that's called popular mechanics for kids. And they did a study on this and it was just a kid's TV, like science TV show saying how athletes and they picked out goalies specifically because we had the most padding on. Like as soon as you put your gear on normal NHL and I'm going to say AHL too, because they have warm stadiums and I could probably say WHL too, because their stadiums are warm too. In games, lose 10 to 15 pounds of water, right? You're not losing weight. You're losing just water, right? And it's because it's warm. There's no air circulation, right? Like there's no wind to cool you down. It's just pure sweat, right? You're sweating as soon as you step on the ice, right? So like with Bobrowski losing 15 to 20 pounds, I believe that because one, he's high intensity all the time. He's never looking like it's just a casual save. It's just like zero to a hundred all the time. Yeah. And then look at the rink that, that they were playing in the Toronto. Uh, what's that belt? It's not the bell center. Is it? Maybe that sounds right. Just I think that's Montreal, yeah. but whatever. Holds one of the largest seating crowds, right? That's warm, right? 20,000 people in at one stadium is warm. Right, goes to overtime. Uh, yeah, yeah, overtime goes to overtime. Right, it's warm. I believe that. Yeah. So, basically, I, to go off what I was saying is like, for goalies, if you're trying to make it when you're at the level of your in junior or whatever, you're trying to be as powerful as you can with the most muscle as you can. You're not trying to overdo the muscle, which like lessens your power you're trying to find that fine tune to have as much power as you can with as much muscle as you can yeah agreed yep all right sound effect i have to remember to cut and edit that uh good and the ugly of the second round so real quick let's go like two minutes per goalie just give them a rating, give us our own thoughts on it. Okay. Who do you want to start with? Let's start on the first on the list of uh, Grubauer. I okay. think, I think Grubauer played amazing. I think he was one of the reasons why they made it to the round, um, like made Second it that round. far. He was fantastic. And he, you said it before, he's a playoff goalie. He's a playoff guy. Yeah. Yeah, he played all 14 games, right? They went to game seven twice. Once they won, once they lost. But Grubauer in game six, like the whole playoffs, he found another level. In the two game sevens, he found another level, right? The game seven against um, Dallas, just save after save after save, like shots that should be goals, passes that should be goals, and he just stood up, right? He just got it. He's a difference maker. I think he's – it'd be nice to see him get rewarded a little bit more. Yeah, right. that's going to come. I feel, like, I feel like that team is a team that grow, 
had so much growth this season that they're going to make it to the next level next year. Yeah, I would agree. Right. Well, out of 10, what would you rank him? Probably an eight. All right. Fair enough. Right there. All right. Let's go to Acker Schmidt. What do you think? Uh, I'd say better in the middle. He, like, he kind of was good and then bad and good and kind of ups and downs with him. But I think he's going to be on our good list just because he made a name for himself. No one really knew who he was before. He's played a few games, but he really made a name in the playoffs. Um, had a couple good games, won a few games for them, got them back into the series, got them into the next round. And I think that's why he's on our good list. Yeah. Uh, he stepped up when the time was needed. He stepped up, right? He stepped up in the, uh, I think it was game seven with the Rangers, wasn't it? Yeah. So he stepped up for game seven. He got he got the team to the second round. Um, he kind of flopped a little bit first couple games in the first or the second round. So they gave the net to the other guy and then he got it back. And then there, the game that they ended up losing I think he stepped up again. Like he was a good point in uh, the New Jersey Devils playoff run. Yeah. Right. He was a highlight. Their other goalie, an absolute zero dud. Get him out. Right. And that's Pan Check. Yeah. Still can't say his name. Don't think we'll be seeing him in the NHL next year, personally. Right. Do you, do we want to talk about him or no? Yeah, let's go into Vanacek. I'm going to give right. uh, Akira, I'm going to give him a 6.5. Still high up there, kind of on the medium pace, but Vanacek, yeah. on the other hand, terrible playoffs, which is interesting because he had a really good season this year. He was a very steady goal. He was dominant. He was dominant, yeah. Just he didn't have it this playoffs, and I don't Got- know what the next step is going to be for him. I'm not sure what his contract's like. If he is back in the NHL, if he is back in the NHL and they do make playoffs, he has to win. Yes. If he doesn't, then he's got the yips in the playoffs and nobody wants to touch the kid with the yips. Yeah. Right? I give him one. And that's just because he won one game. Yeah. I'll be the same with that. All right. Let's go to you pick. I think I picked Uh, last Let's go to Wool, kind of on the same pace as uh, Akira. Okay. Joseph Wool loved his two games or two games in one period. I don't think he'll be the starter next year for Toronto. I don't know what Toronto's going to do with Samsonov and Matt Murray. Uh, I believe Samsonov's contract is up. I think Justin Wool has shown that he can play in the NHL and I'm not going to say he deserves a spot. He's obviously going to work for it, but I think he deserves the opportunity to start the season on the roster. Yep. One A, one B sort of thing, maybe until he can, and and like until he can either take over or they find a good one B for him. I think he's going to start as the one B, but when he turns the one A, they need to find a good one B who's comfortable being that one B. Yep. Right. I would him? honestly give him. 
in two and a little bit games, he was the best part of the Leafs second round. I'll give him like a seven, five. Okay. That's where I was at too. I was going to give him a seven. Yeah. I feel like if you played more games, you'd get higher, but yeah. Right. Um, Let's go to uh, Brissois. Unfortunate. Yep. Unfortunate for him. I think he he found his, say that again, sorry. He had a really good playoff run, like taken out um, Winnipeg in the first round. Tough first game, but came back. It was funny. He played both his old teams. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think he found his spot. Yeah. Right? It's unfortunate that Las Vegas has 17 other goalies. Um, But I think he found his spot in Vegas, and we saw the Brassois that was in the WHL. Right? Bit of a game changer. I don't. I wouldn't rank him as high as Hallibuck, right? But he has the presence to win games. Yeah. The downside and the reason why he's kind of on our bad list is because he kind of injured himself, right? There wasn't contact or anything like that. So it was a bad moment. It's not that he was bad. Yeah. For goalies, we've all, most of us have all been there, hurt yourself, trying to push or whatever. I think he had a hip problem before, didn't he? I think I even talked about it last week. Yeah. I give him a five. Did well in the games that he's been there. And I think it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up and how he plays next season. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, uh, his injury has nothing to do with his hip, but he had hip surgery May or June of last year. So less than a year back from surgery. What did you give him, sir? A five. Give him a five or a six. Kind of on the plus side, on the bad list, just because of the injury, but he he's played amazing this year. Yeah, I'm 6.5. Give him the benefit. Stuart yeah. Skinner. Again, only 23. I don't even know where to start with this. Amazing. Honestly, he reminds me of Mike Smith. Yeah. Played amazing right. in the regular season, took it, took the net. He wasn't there in that last round. I think uh, he just didn't find the next level, right? Yeah. And it could be because he's a rookie. I, I don't like to use that as an excuse because he played junior hockey. He played in playoffs in junior hockey and most likely dominated. Right. He played in the AHL or the East Coast, whatever, and he probably played in the playoffs. Right. So he's not a rookie to playoffs, but the publicity around it, maybe. Because there's a lot more publicity in the NHL than the AHL. We're going to talk about Campbell next, but I think I think they didn't have any confidence in Campbell to throw him in there. Like zero. Zero, like it makes no sense. You have a guy who's not performing well. You have another goalie who had had a not not this season, but previously had a great season. Why not? He played Campbell played amazing in the games that he was in. He's I he think it's game. because I think it's because Campbell kind of showed yet you, you you're you never get you never know what you're gonna get from him. Yeah. 
right? It could it could be a very good game, and then the next game, very bad. Yeah, there was no consistent level to his game this season. Wouldn't be surprised if Campbell um, has contract bought out to go find a new home. Yeah. Unfortunate for Campbell because I love Campbell, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And now he's in Bauer. Went from Vaughn to Brian's to Bauer. Yeah. Like, dude, you're five years. Yeah. You're five years too late. I'm going to give Skinner, I'm going to give Skinner a 3 and then I'm going to give Campbell a a, a 65. Do you want to say why you're giving Campbell a 65? Because he he got thrown into four games three in this one series. That's crazy. Three games in the one series and then once against the LA Kings. Crazy. But he played well. Like he allowed I think what did we say? He had 23 shots and let in one goal against Vegas. To be thrown, something like that yeah was that one game or game. was that all combined that's all combined gotcha he played about i think it was averaging about 25 minutes a game so we played about half a game every all three games yeah. but in a six game series he played every second game basically which is wild now um a lot of people going into the game six a lot of people are saying to start skinner would you have started Skinner? I don't. Did think they so. lose because of Skinner that last game? Well, they were up. What were they up? Two one, and then ended up losing five, five two. Yeah, but Hill was on a mission. Yeah, but you're not looking at the other side of it. You're looking at your own goaltending because you can say Grubauer had an amazing game seven as well. It wasn't his fault. Fair. Fair fair yeah so okay i gave campbell on the good side kind of gave himself good confidence going into the next season good on him hopefully uh ottinger i think that's a guy who he had very high expectations didn't meet the expectations but got it done I like how you said that, actually. I think we still have the high expectations, and I think he showed his grit towards the end, right? That's a word you liked using today. Yep. He showed us, yeah, you know what? I sucked yesterday, but that was yesterday, right? Uh, I wish I remember. There was a stack going around, and it's every year the stack kind of pops up, and it's normally Vasilevsky, his winning rate after a loss. And I can't remember if it was all season or just the playoffs, but it was like 70% win rate after one loss. Like Ottinger doesn't lose twice in a row. Yeah. Or it might've been 60 plus percent. It was a high number. Yeah. Right. So I liked, he had a good game on in the game seven. He was a bit hot and cold. I think, okay, you toughed it out. Now you can kind of settle down. You're playing Vegas. It's a short trip. Like you have some time. Yeah. Yeah. I think this series, he's going to have to take it to the next level. And if he doesn't every, every level or every round that you get to, it's you got to find the next level. Even if you yeah. think you already have it, you have to find it again. Yeah. And I think this is another 
another that's, series that he has to find it because he has a really hot team he's up against. I think it's a hot take, but I think that's what make, made Mike Smith so dominant in his young career in the playoffs. Like the Coyotes went to Western Conference one year. Right? And it's on the back of Mike Smith. And it's because every game he got more emotionally invested and more emotionally invested. And he was unstoppable. Like, well, he was unbeatable. What do you give Ottinger? This series, I just give him a five. Just average, right? The first series, I would give him like an 8.5. So he's dropped a few ticks, but he I don't think it's going to be very hard for him to jump back up to where he was in the first round. Yeah. Especially because it's getting closer and closer. Let's see what the kid's made out of. Right? I think that leaves one. Anderson. I think we got two left. Who else? And Bob Rosky. (laughs) Bob's a 10. Next. Except he should have done the panda on the Nylander goal. (laughs) Yeah. Let's start with Anderson. He he came into the playoffs and was actually quite a surprise to me and probably to some other people that he took uh, Ranta's job. Ranta has was playing well, but the, the reason why I'm saying that is because he hasn't played for a while because he was injured and he went straight into a game. The game he went into was probably the best game to go in. I think it was game five because they had a little bit of comfort because they were up a bit, but now they are. I think it was game six. Think so? Who knows? Who, yeah. Did, he, well, did I, he come in? Like, did he come in relief or did he start? No, he started the game. That's why I'm kind yeah. of. Yeah. I was surprised. I was shocked. Yeah. I think for him to play as good as he did from the first game back from an injury, hats off to him. Yeah. I'm not surprised that he took air quotes Rantna's job, but Rantna's injured or Rantna, right? He's injured, right? He's not even on the bench. Yeah. Right. Nadalkovich is. So I think Anderson over Nadalkovich 10 times out of 10. Um, Anderson's been there this series. Like he's, he's there. He's, he's wavered a little bit, right? He's had a couple missed fires. Yeah. But overall, I think him and Garubar have been the most, well, I would probably say Anderson's probably been the most steady. Yeah. Grubauer had a real stinker of a few games. Yeah, I give Anderson, I give him an eight. He's, they haven't lost many games. I think he's lost one. I think he's lost one game since coming in. Yeah. Yeah. And before, I think he got pulled in one game. And it was most likely the game they lost. Yeah. It was like eight four for uh, the Devils, right? Yeah. Um, before that, he had like a, just a straight two goals against average or less than two goals against average. Yeah. Right. And like a very high 90, like 95 save percentage. So, yeah. I have no problem with like 7585. Five. Yeah. That leads us to Bobrovsky. The Bob. He is, he's the guy right now. He is. Is he worth every penny they're paying? 
now I think he is. If if they win a cup, I think he's worth it. Maybe not the longevity, but yeah. This is Bob. Had to wait a little bit for him, but he is outstanding right now. Like watching him play. I'm nervous for the team playing against him because he's making every save possible. I think it's more can a team beat Bob Brosky than can a team beat the Florida Panthers now? Yeah. Right. When Bob first came in and won the series against Boston, it was, can you beat the Florida Panthers and Matthew Kachuk? But Matthew Kachuk was kind of a silence or was silenced with Maple Leafs, even though like Florida is still dominated, but it was on the backbone of Bob Roski. Right. I think he's putting up Conn Smythe um, performance based on how the next two seasons or a series goes. Yep. I gladly give him like a nine. Yeah. I'll give him a nine, nine, five. Yeah. All right. Tune in next week where Cody and I talk about the Vesna Trophy nominees and the future pro goalies who we think might have a chance to crack the NHL lineup this upcoming season and who as maybe like Akris Schmid or uh, Joseph Wall should be starters. Tune in next Wednesday to the Goalie News. Thank you for listening. Thank you.